0: Not a hoax, not an imaginary story, not a what if. It's Comics Crunch! I got a message from the Avengers. So, uh yeah, welcome to the second episode of Comics Crunch. I am getting used to introducing these, because Matt usually does that on the main feed episodes, so.
1: It's okay, I'm bad at it, so.
0: Well, I'm worse at it, so. <laughs> Uh, anyway, this is the second episode of this uh, this thing, so we're going to be talking about uh, everyone's favorite big, squishy, swampy mess. It, me? Yes. Not <laughs> <Matt>, you. <laughs> no, but um, how much do you know
1: about the Mysterious Man thing? Um, well, as mentioned, I think, in the last episode, we uh, we play Marvel Legendary. Right. So uh, he's in that. He is. Uh, he is a green... He's a green, swampy guy. Yeah, he is. Um, you done? Got red eyes. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm, that, okay. that, that's about where we're at. Well, how, how
0: much do you know about Swamp Thing?
1: Uh, he comes from the swamp. Uh-huh. And he's a thing. Uh-huh. I think we're, that, that covers it. Okay. Uh,
0: well, of those two, like... Obviously, they're kind of takes on the same sort of character.
1: Yeah. Which like, one do you think came first? Okay, so if you'd asked me, like, two or three years ago, uh-huh. I would have been like, aren't you talking about the same thing? I, right. Are these two different things? I'm confused. So well, yeah, one's a man thing, and one's a swamp thing. Um, My instinct would be that, like, you know, my knee-jerk reaction is, oh, obviously, swamp thing came first. Right. I've heard about him. Right. I've, I've heard about swamp thing. But then when you start thinking about it, and I'm like, well, fuck, Marvel's been around for forever. So well, then, he has been around longer. Well, still. Oh, because this is... Okay. Then I have no... Okay. Yeah, no I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I would... My guess would be like, uh, yeah, no, that'd be my answer to you. It's okay. just like, you're talking about the same thing. Are right. you high? <laughs> well, they basically came out at the exact same
0: time. Okay. And this is one of those instances of uh, divergent, like, ideas where two people have the same idea and just kind of go with it at the same time and it happens. This is how you end up with, like... Dante's Inferno, and, or Dante's Peak and Volcano coming out at the same time. Or a bunch of asteroid movies or a bunch of bug movies coming out at the same time. People are like, okay, this is something that's hot in the zeitgeist. Let's make a movie about it. And it happens in like two or three different studios. Okay. Because actually what came first was The Heap in 1942. Okay. the uh, Do tell. The Heap is just your average, like, big, like, swampy elemental type guy.
1: Uh, Swamp Elemental. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it, in D&D terms. Like, sure, yeah, yeah. Just a big swampy mess. Didn't have a whole lot going on for him. Uh, I believe the rights are currently owned by Image Comics for this dude. Because uh, I think he fought Spawn at one point, if I'm not mistaken. In the in the 90s. But, um, like, he didn't really have a whole lot going on, but he, was, he had kind of a cool, distinctive look in that he was, like, a big, green, mucky mess. Sure. So, about... 20 years later or so, 30 years later, um, both of the big two companies, DC and Marvel, came up with their own big swampy mess. Man-Thing being for Marvel and Swamp-Thing being in DC. Okay. And both of their debut comics came out the same year within three months of each other. Jeepers. so there's not a whole lot of like okay this ripped off this or this ripped off this because they were
1: i mean there's probably a little, a little bit, of bit like we heard that they're right. working on this thing we need to also do it and try to beat them to the punch right right
0: but, but it was they were basically being created at the same time sure or at least sure. being worked on so it, it's just kind of interesting that it it very much seems like man thing is a rip off of swamp thing right because that's because like you said swamp thing has a lot more cultural clout than man thing does uh they've both had movies yeah
1: yeah um, I mean, because that, that's where I'm more familiar. Like, that's right. where the, the name probably hits me. But... Right, yeah. There was uh, two different
0: Swamp Thing movies, the second of which is going to be riffed by Rift Tracks this summer. Fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Swamp Thing has also had two live-action TV shows and one cartoon. Okay. Uh, the most recent uh, live-action series was on uh, DC... DC's premium streaming service, which is now HBO Max. So you can watch that on there. And that happened, like, three years ago, I want to say. That Something is a like that.
1: lot more recent than I would have Right, guessed.
0: and I haven't seen it myself, but from what I gather, it's very good. Cool. It's, like, actually very good, but it didn't get a second season because, like, DC really didn't know how to handle that service. Yeah. And it's kind of, it like, it getting dissolved into HBO Max was probably the best thing that happened to a lot of those series. Sure. Because, like, Titans and especially Doom Patrol are very good. Like, Doom Patrol is amazing. And luckily, it's gotten to continue on through HBO Max. Okay. That's good. Uh, Man-Thing has had exactly one movie to his name, and it was a sci-fi original. Oh, boy. So it's not good. Sure. But um, Man-Thing has been, like, it's so weird because he looks like such a throwaway, like, generic monster character. Like, okay, he's a swamp monster. Man-Thing has his fucking fingers in every corner of the Marvel Universe. Okay.
1: I am not joking. Alright.
0: Everyone knows Man-Thing, or has fought Man-Thing, or <laughs> exists because of
1: Man-Thing. Or attended um, Man-Thing's wedding? Uh, I don't think he's man- been married. Man-Thing attended their wedding? That, that's probably happened a few <laughs> times. Um, but like,
0: and he keeps showing up in stuff. Like, either as like a background character, or in like weird team books. Like, he just keeps occurring. He's very much like a favorite of the Marvel stable. But yeah, let's kind of dig into uh, where this man-thing has come from.
1: Okay, um, Yeah,
0: so Dr. Ted Salas was working on Project Gladiator, which was a initiative in the Marvel Universe to recreate the Super Soldier Serum that made Captain America. The Super Soldier Serum is the root of all evil in the Marvel universe. Every time there is an evil science organization trying to do something or experiments, it usually becomes, it's because of somebody trying to recreate the serum.
1: Well, that makes sense. I mean, that's been a kind of a staple of a lot of media. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But it it just keeps happening. (laughs) It's like the Weapon X program that created Wolverine came from the Super Soldier Serum. Sure. Because it, it's not Weapon X, it's Weapon 10. There was... uh, And Captain America was Weapon 0.
1: Oh. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it, it just keeps happening. People sure, trying sure. to recreate the Super Soldier Serum. Right. But this was another attempt at that. And then uh, AIM, Advanced Idea Mechanics, the beehive, beekeeper-looking guys. Yep. <laughs>
1: the uh, MODOK
0: peoples. Yeah, the MODOK guys. <laughs> attacked uh, Project Gladiator, To try and get the research, uh, using Ted's wife as a mole. And Ted's wife was also working on the project. Okay. Uh, Ted was injured and injected himself with the prototype serum in order to survive. Crashed his ding-dang car into the swamp in the Everglades. And a combination of the serum and the latent magics of the swamp, because this was a magic swamp, (laughs) you get
1: those. (laughs) Those naturally occurring latent magic swamps. Right, right, right. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Caused him to turn into man Thing.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. Scientifically accurate.
0: Yeah, of course. Everything is. As the creature, Ted's intelligence is greatly reduced. Sure, kind of a Hulk situation going. Kind of, but it's very different because, like, most of the time he's a little more than a shambling beast, but this varies with, like, with the writer, like, different stuff that's happened to him. In more recent events, it's shown that Ted's personality is actually inside of the man thing, and he's conscious the entire time, but
1: unable to act upon the world, okay. which is terrifying. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's some existential horror there. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, he's been given a voice at different points. Um, one time he was hanging around with Franklin Richards, uh, the daughter of Reed and Sue of the Fantastic Four. And at the time, like Franklin had very powerful reality warping powers. And he was hanging around with Man-Thing and was like, man, I wish Man-Thing could talk. So Man-Thing could talk at that point. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Scientifically accurate? Of
0: course. Um, But that turned out to, like, just be Franklin wishing that Man-Thing could talk. So it wasn't actually Man-Thing talking, it was Franklin talking using Man-Thing as a puppet.
1: Okay, wow. Yeah, 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 it's a lot. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Most of the time he's more instinctual than anything else. Just acting upon impulses and going towards... Like, very nebulous goals. Okay. He's a protector at times of the swamp. Sometimes he does other things. Sure. Um, And as I mentioned, he has kind of a insane amount of connections to other Marvel characters. Right. Like, there is some names in here you are going to recognize. Okay. Uh, Barbara Morse, Mockingbird, was a member of Project Gladiator. That's where she was introduced. Okay. Howard the Duck was teleported into Man-Thing Swamp and became his friend for a while. And they're I, still pretty close. Okay. Yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, Dr. Kurt Connors worked with Ted Salas prior to Project Gladiator, and Ted gave him the idea to start regrowing limbs using lizard uh, DNA. Okay. <laughs> so wow, it's his okay. fault that Kurt Connors turned into the lizard, so way to go, Ted.
1: <laughs> Jeepers. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, Jennifer Kale, a, like, C-list Marvel Magic character, uh, was in a relationship with Man-Thing for a while, and they kind of... They're, they're still, like, on friendly terms. She's become more involved with, like, the witches and stuff like that.
1: Okay, so... So... can Ma-
0: so but Don't ask if Man-Thing can fuck, because I don't know the answer to that.
1: Alright, no, no. I, the question I have is, when, when Ted became Man-Thing, right. can he go back to Ted, or does he go back to Ted... Maybe not necessarily at will, but periodically.
0: Sometimes it's happened where he's like, oh, uh, like the curse has been lifted. I am Ted Salas once more, but he always ends up back as Man Thing.
1: Right. Well, because of, of comics, but. Because of comics, yeah. But my, my question was like.
0: It's not like a power that he has to turn back and forth. He's usually stuck as Man Thing.
1: Okay. So, because my question with this Jennifer Kale yeah. relationship thing is yeah. did she become get in a relationship with Man Thing or with Ted? But,
0: uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. It's implied that, like. She was one of the few people who wasn't afraid of him. So she could kind of see that there was a person inside sure, of him. Sure. And I mean, no judgment yeah, either yeah. way.
1: I'm just asking.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's kind of what happened there. Okay. Um, he also has been involved with the Fool Killer, who is an F-list punisher alike, okay. who kills fools, as he deems, with a, like, paralyzation ray. He is a dumbass, and I hate him. <laughs> Yeah. Um, During the late 70s, when Marvel was having Chris Claremont write absolutely every book under the sun, I'm not even joking, the the dude was writing like 30 books a month, which is intense. He was the hot ticket writer at the time. Okay. Eventually had to to pull off. Um, But he was writing Man-Thing, and he wrote himself into the last issue on his run, where he met Man-Thing, was killed, and then became the Man-Thing after he was stabbed. So, Chris Claremont wrote himself into the comic where he became Man-Thing. I, I don't know what was going on with that, okay. but it's happened, yeah.
1: I mean, I guess they're stranger and more indulgent self-inserts. Yeah. But, okay. It,
0: yeah, it's... Yeah, it, I, I don't know what was going on with that. I don't know why Chris did that. He's not usually the kind of guy who does that. He does a lot of real-world references into his stuff like with names of characters or people that he knew or musicians he was listening to and stuff like that. Sure. I don't think he's ever really put himself into a comic other than this. (laughs) So it's really strange (laughs) why he's just like, yeah, I'm going to become Man-Thing for a while.
1: I mean, chase your bliss, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Man-Thing has worked with the... uh, With a monster division of S.H.I.E.L.D. Where they were like, okay, there's a lot of monsters around. We need our own monsters. So... Man Thing was one of those. Okay, uh, he's been the teleporter focus on a iteration of the Thunderbolts team. Okay, which is usually like uh, either villains forced to do good or trying to do good or doing good to trick people. Like it, it it's a villain focused book. He worked with Shield and the Agents of Stake in their Monster Division, uh, and then with the Thunderbolts. Um, one of he's like spawned baby man things, uh, usually unwillingly. Okay. And one of them called boy thing, oh, which is like that's so creative. Yeah, it's like <laughs> the it's a miniature man thing, but it's only the top
1: part of a man thing <laughs> like 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 literally it's, just like it's the, the arms like, and head, yeah. okay.
0: And it hang, hung around with uh, the most recent iteration of The Avengers. And helped Blade teleport. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, Blade, Blade, the vampire fighter guy, was on the Avengers for a while. Uh, Okay, that's not the problem I'm running into. Okay, um, (laughs) and he needed to teleport. He doesn't have natural teleporting powers, so he got a boy thing.
1: But the boy, so the boy thing, has natural teleporting powers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well,
0: speaking of that, let's get into what Man Thing can do. Okay. Because Man Thing can do a lot.
1: Okay. Other than be a big gross mess?
0: Yeah, other than be a big gross mess. Although he's very good at that. He's an expert.
1: Okay, good. That's his primary power. Yeah,
0: his primary power is being a big gross mess. Um, He has the power to sense emotions. He is my idol.
1: Anyway. <laughs> Jesus.
0: Yeah, he, he can sense emotions, like, it's strong emotions from people. Like, he can tell what they're feeling.
1: Okay, that seems familiar to me somehow, yeah. but I, it might just be because of the legendary game.
0: Well, it's that's because um, he has a special connection to fear. Okay. In the presence of fear, uh, the man thing can occasionally go berserk. Sure. It drives him to, to rage. And also, he secretes a corrosive fluid that burns people who feel fear but only
1: people who feel fear.
0: Only people who feel fear
1: that, like like in general or
0: like actively feeling fear. actively feeling fear. like if you are okay. afraid and he touches you, you burn.
1: So it's like it's like acid quicksand. The more you struggle, the more it hurts. If you're <laughs>
0: afraid of him, yeah, if you're just like, no, man thing, I'm not afraid of you, but I don't want hugs and push him away. <laughs> you're not gonna burn.
1: right, right, right. but but if you're starting to burn, That's going to invoke fear. It can, yes, yes, I would imagine so. Right? Yeah, probably. Like compound. And is this like? Does it only affect? Does it affect people who feel fear in general, or only towards, uh, only fear towards man thing? Fear in general. Fear in general. But usually, like once
0: this big swampy dude starts coming towards you with like acidy hands, you're probably afraid of him. You're going
1: to pee a little bit. Yeah,
0: but that was where one of his connections with Jennifer Kale came in because she wasn't afraid of him. Okay, so she didn't burn when she didn't burn.
1: Yeah. She was just like, "Ooh, I love this. Ooh, I, this! I love this
0: swampy boy!
1: I love this uh, this secretion that you're yeah. giving off." And it by is, the way, magic—it's good, <laughs> a mom and Magic—it's good for my complexion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> While other people are just burning. From yeah, it.
0: yeah. Um, in addition, uh, at some points during his like run, he's been able to feed on fear, like eat fear as a concept, and sure. that can cause him to grow in size and strength. Okay. Which literally caused him to become a giant sized Man Thing at one point. See, the joke in that was one of Man Thing's books was Giant Sized Man Thing.
1: Okay. Because
0: in the 70s, there was a run of like extra, like double or triple sized books being called Giant Sized. Okay. So you had Giant Sized X Men, number one, and it's like a double sized book. Sure. And sure. it's a special issue. Well, there was Giant Sized Man Thing, which is very funny because Man Thing, it was... it's talking about you ding dong. Giant Sized Man Thing.
1: I am very dense and it did not occur to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that joke was flying so far over my yeah, okay. head. I was like, you keep saying it, it's funny and I'm like, okay.
0: Yeah. Did they, okay. A man thing, Matt. A man thing. thing What's your the, man thing? <laughs> okay. But, um, and then in the comics when he got big, like someone in the background shot it's a giant sized man thing. And, because he was the
1: size of a building. Congratulations, Marvel. Yeah, yeah.
0: And he fought, I don't know, Fin Fang Foom or something. Okay. <laughs> uh He has super strength. At his base level, he's stated to be as strong as Cap, which kind of makes sense because well, yeah, he's based it's off the super, super soldier. Yeah. yeah, right. But he's been leveled up several times and now his base level is kind of around where the thing is. Okay. So, which is pretty darn strong. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but
1: there is... Like, it's, so... I we, Yes. Is there... There needs to be a, a scale of power of like... There needs to be an, like just an actual scale. Like, right. like where does the, where does the thing fall on the 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 Marvel scale of power? Well, like, because like, I mean, Hulk is obviously higher than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, and then you've got like, that's, usual, right, right, right. But on average, usually, yeah. so. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I have to measure everything in Hulks. Um, <laughs> well, how many Hulks strong is is the thing?
0: Well, the thing is, like on <laughs> the thing is, <laughs> on uh, the Marvel trading cards, they usually have like power levels right, for stuff, right. and it'd be like strength is this many and intelligence is this many. It's, so they it's actually, like,
1: it's like, a, it, is it one of those like power level strength is like five little strong arm? Doing kind of, yeah, guns? yeah, okay. yeah.
0: They're like ticks in a box or something. <laughs> Um, but they're usually regarded as not super accurate. They're just kind of like, we're going to do this many numbers and stuff like what? that. What?
1: I, I can't imagine that.
0: Right, right. They're about as accurate as Pokedex entries. <laughs> as for like actual like strength and athletic ability and stuff, Captain America is stated as being at peak human physical performance. It's so, like as good okay. as a human can get without like being unnaturally strong. That's how strong Cap is.
1: Which, that, honestly, it feels a little It feels under, weird, that yeah. That feels like under what I would have expected. Yeah, but, and I think that's been know, kinda, shimmied a bit, yeah. I can kind of dig it. I can dig it.
0: Yeah, so Man-Thing started out that strong and got physically stronger over the years. And theoretically, with like the absorbing of fear and stuff, there is no upper limit to how strong he can get. He's kind of like the Hulk in that aspect. Okay,
1: sure. Theoretically.
0: Theoretically. It's so never it been tested. It doesn't
1: really has, hasn't happened. But... Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, he is resistant to all mundane forms of damage... It's like he's very—you can't stab him or shoot him or punch him to death or something like that. He'll just like—it's like punching a swamp. It doesn't yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, he'll
1: just, just shrug it off.
0: Yeah, yeah. He has immense regenerative properties. Um, he's been cut in half several times from like various saws and lasers and things like that, and has regenerated his entire body from it, including. He's a yeah, basically. Okay. Uh, including one, at one point, he was nearly entirely incinerated by a celestial. Which is one of those big giant things that was in, like, the Eternals. Right. And like,
1: right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. They they shot him with one of their eye lasers and, like, disintegrated him almost entirely. And he regenerated from that, but it took him a sec.
1: Okay. So, like, Cell from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, he has a very malleable body. He can stretch it and Like warp. Majin
1: Boo from Dragon Ball Z. Jesus
0: Christ! <laughs> <laughs> you have an even more one-track mind than I do. <laughs> Um, but like, yeah, he can squeeze himself into cracks and through holes and stuff like that. Like, sure, sure. As long as he can fit some part of his body into it, he can squeeze
1: the rest of him into it. Like an octopus.
0: Yeah, okay. He is a self-contained ecosystem, which means that as long as he has like water, he can provide oxygen and life to himself. Okay. So he can, th- he can survive in space.
1: Basically. Oh, okay. He can
0: provide oxygen to himself.
1: And see, I was like, oh, he might have... He, can he have, like, little, like micro-civilizations yes. living in well, him? Well, not, like,
0: like civilizations, <laughs> but he can have things living inside of sure.
1: him. Sure, well, yeah, like, microscopic and...
0: and or like, even
1: just smaller. Yeah, creatures. yeah,
0: or uh, I think he's actually had a person, like, crawl inside of him as, like, a exosuit at one point. Sure. Which is probably not great for that guy, because burn when you feel fear.
1: Well, <laughs> unless it was Jennifer Kale.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Maybe that's how...
0: I can just, like, imagine, like, okay, we need to go deep-sea diving, I'm gonna crawl into my diving suit, and it's lighting me on fire the entire time, because I'm very afraid.
1: Well, yeah, because the deep-sea diving is terrifying. Exactly. would be awful. (laughs) Hey, look at that horrible fish! Oh, I'm burning now! Oh my god!
0: exactly, exactly, it wouldn't be great. Um, (laughs) He has plant matter control, so he can, like, influence plants to grow, and... Like sprout and things like that. Yeah,
1: swamps have that power.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that is mainly contained to his home swamp? Like he can't really do that outside of it because he's tied to his swamp in the Everglades. Okay. So that's more of a, a home. So it's just the
1: one swamp. It's just the one swamp. Yeah, kind Yeah, of like deal. he
0: he can do it to a limited fashion. Other places, like if he wanted a bunch of flowers, he could flowers grow or something like that. But he can like grow entire trees and shit. In okay, sure. Camp. And his main power is he is the nexus of all realities. (laughs) What? Wait,
1: wait, wait. Let me me process this a little bit.
0: Okay, yeah. Take your time.
1: (laughs) That's his main...
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, go on. Well, well, when I talked (laughs) about him being able to teleport and stuff, Uh it's because of this. I was wondering where that was going to come in. The nexus of all realities is a mystical portal that allows access to any and all alternate realities worlds,
1: and timelines. Chris, I'm not gonna lie. I was on board with virtually everything else that yeah, you yeah. brought up so far, but you're losing me now.
0: <laughs> no, this is wild. I don't know why it's like... This is why he's so important to the Marvel Universe. Because he can be anywhere, any when. Okay. And just teleports there. That's how Howard the Duck got brought to our world.
1: <laughs> because of Man-Thing.
0: Something happened on Duck World, which is where Howard the Duck is canonically from. Right. And he teleported through man into man Swamp. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's how he can teleport all around the main 616 world and stuff like that. Like, he, he okay. is one of the most powerful teleporters in the Marvel Universe.
1: Okay. Okay. Okay.
0: Which is hilarious because he's still a big squishy mess who makes people afraid or burn when they're afraid. And, like, technically, he is not the actual nexus of all realities. He's the guardian of it. Okay. But that's kind of been... Who
1: appointed him the guardian of all realities?
0: I don't know, some dude. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like, what kind of divine being was, like, you see this squishy boy over here? Yeah. Who secretes a corrosive fear juice. Let's make him the guardian of reality. I,
0: I think it's more like the, the Nexus as like a location was in the swamp. And <laughs> man,
1: oh, okay. well That makes sense. Mystic
0: swamp, man.
1: <laughs> we talked about this. We did. But I thought we were in agreement that all swamps were mystic.
0: They're all pretty magical. I love swamps. But this one is super magical because it's got the Nexus of all realities in it. Naturally. Naturally, In yeah. The
1: Evergl-
0: In the Everglades. <laughs> you ever fucking wonder why Florida is the way it is? <laughs> it's because shit like this happens down there.
1: <laughs> God, damn it. <laughs> Leave it to America to devise a way for them to be the center of the goddamn universe. <laughs> anyway, go on. Yeah. And
0: while. <sighs> man can teleport from, like, alternate universe to alternate universe. It's mainly used for hopping around Earth-616. He doesn't go other places usually.
1: Oh my god, that's like... That's like having your own private jet and you only use it to go to the grocery store. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) As I have mentioned, like...
0: Ted's not at the wheel here. It's... (laughs) It's this mindless, like, thing, and he's like, cool, I can go to this other swamp. (laughs) And then he does. And he's like, fuck yeah, I'm in a new swamp. (laughs)
1: Okay. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. This is all fine. It's all great. Okay.
0: But, yeah, that is, uh, that is Man-Thing in a big old nutshell.
1: (laughs) In in a reality-encompassing nutshell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Uh,
0: what I want to do is, I would like to make us... A man thing, thing in D anD D. Now we already have a pretty decent, like template. Template, yes, in the shambling mound.
1: Yeah, that's that was in my head pretty yep. firmly. In the So time. I'm
0: gonna stick a stat block for Mr. Shambles in here. Okay. So we got our sham. Wow. Why am I down there? Uh, we got our shambling mound right there. All right. So let's. We'll use this
1: as the template. As and the we'll, template. Yeah. We'll.
0: Uh, um. Okay. Let's come back to the name for
1: now. You because think come, okay, let's go. Okay, that's just, fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so... Large plant seems... Well, okay, so in his man-thing form, is yeah. he much larger than a human being? He is... Let me... He is seven foot tall.
0: And He's he weighs a, 507 uh, seven pounds. He is a medium creature. He's now. a medium... That's actually
1: kind of intense. Yeah, I mean, seven feet's pretty big, but yeah. that's still medium. Yeah. Um, okay, He doesn't no, take up four... <laughs> or ten cubic he's not a ten cubic square no, no. of of swamp. So. Not <laughs> normally, like <laughs> Alright, so I would say yeah, he's a medium. Yep. Now here's here's something I would I, I would posit. Uh-huh. He is a medium humanoid plant. Yeah,
0: I would say so. That that yeah, that makes sense. And I think keeping him as unaligned is good because he's like I said, he's more, he's more, instinctual. more
1: instinctual. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay. So Armor class. Now, it sounds like he's not hard to hit, necessarily. Uh, he's necessarily big, like, mostly slow ooze guy. He just doesn't right. take damage from it. So, so and that, that wouldn't be reflected in his armor class. No. Uh, so his armor class, I think he probably doesn't have natural armor, so I think it's going to be based off of his dexterity. So okay. we'll come back to that. Okay. Uh, hit points i like to come back to later after we've determined his constitution. Yeah. Um... Speed, he's definitely got to have, like, probably a, what, 30-foot speed? I'd say 30-foot, like, he's not, uh, he's
0: average speed. And, like, swim speed, I imagine he has that because he walks around in the swamp all day.
1: Right, so uh, I would probably increase from the Shambling Mountains normal 20 20 to 30 and 30. Yeah, okay. Now, uh, his attributes, Mm. so peak human, like, at minimum peak human physical ability. Um, In D&D terms, that is a 20. Is that a twenty? Okay, like that is what an adventurer can get up to. Okay, in in my head, that That makes sense. That makes sense. Supernatural. um, See, this is why I let you do this shit. You're so much better at it than I am. You know shit. (laughs) All right, so that's because I just see human beings as numbers. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You worked in corporate too long. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so. Um, now dexterity uh it doesn't sound like he's probably super he's not super
0: swift but I don't know if
1: he'd actually have a penalty to it you know what no I mean? no no i wouldn't i wouldn't say a penalty um I mean a ga- a case could be made again for that peak human physical ability yeah but he's never but, like been shown as being Fast, right, he's and like, that, and giving this guy twenties and his strength, yeah, dexterity, yeah. and constitution would be boring as shit. It would be. So would be. I'm thinking that for his dexterity, he would probably. I would just say a ten. A ten. That feels I, yeah ten or right. a twelve
0: in there somewhere. Yeah, I'd
1: say that feels about right. Ten to me. So, so that's a zelo Yep. Now his constitution, on the other hand, he's chonky so I would say that one would be another flat. One hundred and twenty. One hundred and twenty plus I don't plus know what that like, would be sixty. <laughs> All right, so plus, uh, yeah, uh, so plus I would say Constitution yep. twenty. Now, intelligence, I think at five. Five sounds good for yeah. that. I think for his intelligence, wisdom, and charisma, those should probably well, intelligence and wisdom should definitely be about the same as the uh, shambling man. Right now, his charisma. Like, the thing is, he he is like so based off of fear that people seeing him would. Right. Be fearful. Well, okay, so I have another way of imp- incorporating okay. that okay. that I have, I, I've got some ideas for. Okay. Um, I would. My, my gut instinct is to just leave his charisma where it is. At a, at a five? Yeah. So we really just increased his strength and his constitution. Right. So with his dexterity being at a flat zero, that would leave his armor class at, at a flat a ten. 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 Okay. Uh, hit points I still think we should come back to later. Yeah, we're going to need to work on that now um for skills <clears throat> skills uh he definitely should have survival yeah i can definitely see that survival um we won't know entirely what bonus to give him until we figure out what his uh, proficiency. challenge rating is oh yeah and yeah. and yeah his proficiency that sort of bonus, thing. but uh he's definitely gonna have a survival uh-huh. skill um and then i would say, intimidation yeah i think intimidation would make sense But the problem with Intimidation is it is Charisma-based. Right. So we might actually need to do... Like, we would have to give him Expertise in that in order to probably give him any sort of bonus in Intimidation. Or or give him a trait where he has Advantage on it. Right. And I'm thinking that instead of giving him a skill in Intimidation, it should be more relied on his traits. Okay. So. um, But I think Survival... Survival, as far as the skill, makes sense. Um, I honestly can't really think of any other skills that yeah, I prob- think I would fit into that. Um, however, I would give him some saving throws. Oh, yeah, for strength and constitution, probably? Strength and constitution. Okay. Okay. His damage resistances, uh, I mean, obviously it's, it's spelled out right then and there. It's mundane, yeah. Yeah, bludgeoning, piercing, and, and slashing. Uh, slashing damage. <clears throat> Do we want to keep it
0: as all BPS or just from non-magical stuff?
1: So... Um, I think that it should be from just non-magical okay. stuff. Uh, I mean, giving them a permanent resistance to everything is yeah, huge. It is, it and is. And should be used in moderation. And, I mean, if you have... like, I'm thinking in terms of comics here. If you have a, a creature that is completely immune to, or not completely immune, but mm-hmm. resistant to just all forms of that kind well, the, of damage, you start running into a boring Superman situation.
0: Um, hey, Superman is great, but it's not because of his
1: powers. I know. and uh, and But even then, Superman yeah, yeah. is weak to magic. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean...
0: And, like, I, I can't guarantee it, but I imagine he's gotten in a throwdown with Thor at some point, and Thor's hit him with Mjolnir. Right. And that did some damage. It, so, I would say
1: that from non-magical attacks... Yeah. So that, no, that totally makes sense. Um, I'm, I'm not going to do attacks. I'm going to put damage, non-magical damage. Okay. Now, do you think he, is he going to be resistant uh, to any other types of damage? I would say fire because he's very wet. That, <laughs> that makes sense to me. He's a very damp guy. <laughs> so um, he's immune, he, he is resistant to fire. Um,
0: yeah, I think think that would be it he doesn't really have a whole lot of other stuff that i'm
1: looking at here and then so as far as the shambling mound goes the Uh shambling mound has an immunity to lightning yeah that does not feel like i don't think so yeah so i'm gonna take that out that's fine uh condition he uh, shambling mound is also immune to blinded deafened, and exhaustion which also i don't know if that makes necessarily a lot of sense for our i could see exhaustion because like he just kind of keeps going you know okay like, so we can we can make him immune to exhaustion. But yeah. blinded and not and uh deafened. Deafened, I, definitely doesn't That's make sense
0: more of to me. because the shambling mound is a plant.
1: Right. Um and as such, uh I wouldn't say he probably doesn't have the blind sight. No. Um, especially with that blind beyond that radius. No, he's got eyes. Yeah. So he's got just gonna have a standard passive perception. Uh mm-hmm. he probably should have dark vision. And he's got those glowing red eyes. Yeah. So dark vision, sixty feet. Um, and then his passive perception, of course, with a wisdom of 10, is going to be a flat 10. Yep. Uh Languages. Understands so, common.
0: Like, that's for sure. Okay, so can but he,
1: he... But he can he speak? No. Okay. Not, oh, that's right. Yeah, not normally. Okay. Now, uh, we come down to the challenging challenge rating yeah. and proficiency bonus. Now um we can still come back to this because we still have to do the traits and see where that comes yeah but um we should definitely handle the challenge rating before we handle the attacks yes to determine what kind of damage he's dealing um but i am going to already go out on a limb and say he's probably bigger than a five yeah that seems right so which is what our shambling mound here is Mm -hmm. so but i am going to go ahead and we're going to skip that i'm just going to leave that blank for now all right, so now we get into the traits. Now, this is where the fun part begins. Yeah, yeah. So the Shambling Mounds only trait looks like his only lightning absorption, which, which we've already determined he yeah. does not have. So uh, the first thing that I want to touch up on is this fear thing. The fear, the whole, yeah, like yeah. That that whole shtick. So um, I'm thinking... He
0: should have some sort of ability to induce the, the fear uh, tr- or, uh, condition.
1: Well, okay. So the first thing that comes to my mind when it comes to that mm-hmm. would be the frightful appearance that dragons have. Oh, right, right. The only thing with the only thing that I want to kind of visit in that is the dragons have their frightful appearance, but it's an action and is a it is an active thing they need to do. Okay. Whereas it seems to me that man thing does not really have the control over that.
0: No, it's just something that happens because like so People I'm thinking afraid that we of should
1: probably take a combination of the frightful presence that dragons have, and add it to something like the stench of of troglodytes. Of like troglodytes. <laughs> he has fear stink. So what we have, what we what we get is a combination of yeah, frightful presence and that. So let me copy paste a little bit here. Okay. And I think we're going to call this, uh, what, you think, Fearful Appearance? That's fine. Because it's a little bit different. Um, So, um, the troglodyte stench is any creature other than a troglodyte that starts its turn within five feet of the troglodyte must succeed on a constitution saving throw or be poisoned until the start of its next turn. On a successful save, it is immune to uh, to the stench of all troglodytes for an hour. So that sounds... Like, there's a lot there that I think that we can dissect and uh-huh. borrow here. So, any creature other than a, whatever man we're thing. calling this thing, I'm just going <laughs> to type in man thing now so yeah. we can uh, change later. Uh, any creature other than a man thing that swamp starts... Swamp man. Man swamp. Man... <laughs> Swampy heap. Swamp heap. Thing, thing heap. Man heap. Man, man thing. No. <laughs> no. Man thing. All right. Ah, damn ah it! Damn it. <laughs> man no, stuff. Swamp. I like swamp heap. Swamp heap. Okay. You know what? Let's do that. Let's swamp heap it up. <laughs> swamp heap. So his name is a swamp heap. That kind of gives reference to the other two big swamp Yeah, heads. yeah. That, that, that kind of. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so any Good for other... them. We're <laughs> <laughs> proud of them. Any creature other than a swamp heap that starts its turn within. Uh, or that starts its turn... Adjacent to? Not adjacent to. Okay. That starts its turn within, let's say, 60 feet and can see the swamp heat, must succeed on a DC... Now, how, how fearful do you think this guy looks? Uh, Should this be an easy, hard, or, or... An easy, medium, or difficult challenge, do you think? I would say medium, myself. Okay. So I'm thinking a DC... Fifteen um, wisdom saving throw. Okay, that sounds good. Or be frightened, or be and that's not going to have a duration. So, or, or be frightened of the swamp heap. Period. Um, on a successful saving throw, the creature is immune to the fearful appearance of all swamp things or swamp heaps for. I think if, once they're, if they're not afraid of it, they're not afraid of it. Okay. Yeah. Once they succeed this, they are just simply immune to the fearful appearance of... And maybe not all Swamp Heaps. Maybe just this Swamp Heap. Uh, then we get into the frightful presence of the dragon. Okay. Uh, a creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect on itself on a success. Okay. Um, although... And then if the creature is immune... Yeah, yeah. You know what? I don't think... At the 24-hour I'm going to put that at...
0: Yeah. That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah.
1: So, there we go. Um, Ending the effect on itself. All right. So, fearful appearance. I've got it fully now here. Okay. So, any creature other than a swamp heap that starts its turn within 60 feet of and can see the swamp heap must succeed on a DC 15 wisdom saving throw or be frightened of the swamp heap. A creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, um, ending the effect on itself on a success. If a creature's saving throw is successful or the effect ends for it, the creature is immune to the swamp heaps fearful appearance for the next 24 hours. Sounds good. So it is literally just the the stench and the frightful, uh, frightful presence of the dragon combined. Combined. Cool. Yeah, that works real good. So now we get to the acid. Yeah. All who know fear burn at man things touch. So there's a very cool way that we can do this. Okay. However, I don't know if it should be an action or a trait. I think it should be a trait. Okay. What should we call this fear acid, um, other than just fear acid? Uh, all who know fear. All. Because that's kind of Man-Thing's tagline. Who know fear. Okay, I dig it. So, all known, all who know fear. Um, uh, the Swamp Heap secretes <laughs> a corrosive ooze. Any creature that comes into contact with the ooze... Let me see. Let me think a little bit about this, how how to best phrase this. See, I was
0: kind of thinking that, like, in terms of just game terms, that, like, if a creature has the fear effect, he would have advantage on attacks and do acid damage with his attacks. But that might be a bit too simplistic.
1: No, that actually might be where this needs to be. Okay. Because I was going to... I think I was making it a little bit more complicated in this. Because okay. I was going to do this all-who-knows fear of... Just giving him this trait that he has this corrosive ooze that only affects people with the fear effect. Okay. Or the fear condition. But uh, that might be a little bit more like bogging down in the weeds. So I actually kind of like what you have there. Okay. So, um, all know, all who know fear. Um, any creature... Subjected to the frightened condition? Yep. Okay, so how yeah. much damage should the uh, the additional acid do? um it's described as being sulfuric acid strong so pretty strong so pretty strong um so i guess we need to really start thinking about what our challenge rating for this guy is going to be yeah because that's going to kind of determine how much damage that he is going to be putting out yeah yeah um so like i said i think that the challenge rating five that the shambling mound has is is low a little low yeah um but let's take a look and see what other creatures have higher challenge ratings well i guess the other question would be how much of his nexus of all realities are we going to incorporate i was actually thinking
0: of how that would work and i think giving him the uh, ability to cast dimension door
1: once a day would take care of that that would make sense um, I would think that maybe even just Dimension Door, but also like things like Misty Step, Misty Step. and, uh, other teleportation magics would be good for that. Yeah. So, but what if, if that's other... what we're going to go with. Like, then... I think that would
0: be the easiest way to do that. And
1: I, I agree. I agree. And there, I don't think there's any reason to make this guy insane. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking of a challenge rating between six and 12. Okay. Okay. So here's where I'm at. Okay. My thought process on this guy is I would like to make him closer to a challenge rating 11 or 12. Okay. But if we give him these spells, Uh he needs to deal a little bit less damage than an average challenge rating 12. And I looked up the Abominable Abominable Yeti stat block, which is a challenge rating 9. The Abominable Yeti can deal an average of 53 damage a turn. That's a lot of damage. It is a significant amount of damage. And he's so.
0: challenge rating 9? Correct. So if we get him at 12, but have him at that damage output, that should be about right if we give him the
1: teleportation spells? That is exactly where I'm Hey, thinking. all right, look at me. So we need to try to get his abilities to around 53-ish. Okay. Um, of course, we also have to keep in mind that he gets all of this power when enemies are subjected to the fear effect. Right. And the fear effect also gives the enemies disadvantage on attacks. Right. Like, that's, that's a pretty big thing. However, he also becomes nerfed once they are no longer afraid and a dc 15 wisdom saving throw especially for that high of a level of party uh-huh probably not that big of a. Job. should we make the dc higher for that then do you think i'm thinking that the dc should be higher like 17 18? i'm thinking 18 okay and i'm thinking that an adi- and he should deal an additional 6d8 acid damage that is an average of 27 damage Keeping in mind, that is extra. That is extra. So yeah, damage. if you're afraid of this guy, it is gonna be bad. Yeah. It yeah, is yeah. going to be very, because very bad. Because you're
0: also trying to get away from him and, right.
1: and he is chasing you down. And anything yeah. that you're trying to do at against least, him. At least trying to get you out of his swamp. Exactly. So um and honestly that we may increase that a little bit later depending on how we feel. Right. So in fact, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, always push them further. I'm gonna make it eighty eight. <laughs> eighty eight. Okay. What it does that change the average to? That changes it to 36, Matt. So now we have All Who Know Fear. The Swamp Heap gains advantage on all attacks made against any creature subjected to the Frightened Condition. Additionally, all of the Swamp Heap's attacks deal an additional 36, which is 8d8 acid damage, to creatures who have the Frightened Condition. That's hefty. It is a significant amount. Yeah. I like that. That feels right (coughs) so far. It feels intense. So
0: now, finally, we should give him... Well, there's a couple other things he's going to have. Because he's also going to have a regeneration effect. Right, 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 right. I forgot about that. So let's give him that. Do we want to
1: have it uh, a rolled regeneration or just a flat HP regeneration? Um, it uh, usually having a flat HP generation is better. Okay. Uh, just because that's less time that the DM is rolling dice and the players. That's
0: what play. I was thinking. That's what I was thinking.
1: But so, just wanted but to we don't know how much health he's going to have. Yet, right. So we shall. We'll have to put that in uh, a little bit later. But I'm going to put that regeneration in there as a clause. Um, are there any other abilities we need, or any other traits we need to give this guy other than his innate spellcasting?
0: I'm um, looking at it. Oh, he needs to have the same ability that oozes
1: have, where they can get into into okay. cracks. so let's look at that. Up. Amorphous is what it's there called. There you go, yeah, yeah. We're probably going to want to call it something different. <laughs> squishy, squishy Swamp Boy! Or, uh, let's see, what do they actually call it on his?
0: Malleability. Although it's described as just allowing him to merge, uh, to walk through chain link fences. <laughs> I know he can do other things, but it specifically says chain link fences. The Marvel Wikia kind of sucks.
1: <laughs> so, malleability. The swamp heap can move through a space as narrow as one inch wide without squeezing. There you go. Yeah, I think that's fine. Alrighty. Um, so we need, we need to come back and do his generation, regeneration, but uh, is there anything else other than the innate spellcasting?
0: Uh do we want to give him the ability to grow at all?
1: Because he does, like, grow. I think that that's getting a is little too much, too, too much okay, especially since when you start incorporating that, uh, yeah, yeah. there's a lot to keep track of. I'm fine with that so. because
0: that's not something he does all the time. The rest of this
1: is. <laughs> right. Okay, so now let's, mo- let's move back a little bit because okay. innate spellcasting is based off of intelligence, wisdom, or charisma. And it is an eight plus the modifier to determine saves and such. Okay. Now, well, actually, if he all he has is teleportation abilities, I don't think we need to worry about that too much. Dimension
0: door, uh, I don't think has any sort of save. Uh, I was thinking of uh, dimension door because that sounds right. And what level is that? That is fourth. Far step, which is fifth, and transport via plants, which is sixth.
1: Do we want to give him a shorter range teleportation ability? What's the range on Misty Step? Thirty feet. Think that would be fine then. I was thinking Misty Step okay. because I, I we need to give him something that he so Dimension Door Far Step and transportation via plants sounds or long like range. well long range and it sounds like a one day thing. Yeah, yeah. We need to give him something to give him a little bit of an oomph at will. So I'm thinking Misty Step. Okay. You know what? I take that back. Okay, I'm thinking that Far Step should be a three times a day. I mean, Far Step is essentially Misty Step with a longer range and having the having to concentrate on it uh-huh. so i'm thinking that instead of misty step we'll do far step okay so that makes sense to me oh wait teleport
0: uh Druidcraft.
1: that okay yeah Druidcraft at will
0: yeah because that it covers his like i grow plants and shit yeah and talk to plants
1: i think that we should give him teleport as well just regular old teleport yep okay We've given him innate spell spellcasting. Yep. Uh, he, the Swamp Heap's innate spellcasting ability is Wisdom, which gives him a spell, de- spell save DC of 8 and a plus 0 to hit with spell attacks.
0: Yeah. Fortunately,
1: which... though, uh, the spells he can do are at will, druidcraft, and talk to plants. Yeah. Uh, three times a day, far step, and then once a day, dimension door, teleport, and teleport via plants, so he doesn't need... A spell save DC right, or just spell attacks. Just so. mainly movement stuff. Yep. Which makes sense for his
0: nexus of all realities abilities. Exactly. And his, like, blooming plant stuff.
1: Yep. So, um, so moving from there, we uh, we can move on to his actions. Yep. Now, uh, he's going to have to have multi-attack because any high-level monster worth its salt has, has, has multi-attack. Right. The Swamp Heap makes two attacks. Um, but we will come back to this in a second. Mm-hmm. What are his attacks? Well, like, honestly,
0: keeping him as slam works,
1: works pretty fine. good,
0: because that's basically what he
1: does is just ram into stuff. Alrighty. And should we leave his engulf ability?
0: I don't know. Because if that happens, that's also going to trigger the, uh, uh all who know fear ability, isn't it? Okay. Do, do we like doing that? I think that makes sense. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I think his slant, I think oh, slamming engulf should be the same. <laughs> Getting engulfed roughly. by this guy
1: and having frightened, blind, and restrain on you and being unable to breathe. So, But if that's the case, we should probably go back and bring him back up to a large humanoid. Okay. Because then he... Otherwise he's just going to be engulfing smaller things. <laughs> he's just going to be picking on
0: gnomes and fairies. Yep. So, <laughs> Which is harsh.
1: <laughs> I think that it should take... Honestly... Do we want to have it do more damage? I'm thinking about no damage. No damage. Okay. Because if they're if they're not afraid of him, they can just live in him. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I mean, they'll have to figure out a way of breathing. Do we want to give it any sort of uh, the creature
0: any sort of uh, check to get out of him? That's exactly what I was going okay. to
1: do. So. Okay. Do we? Want his, his slam needs to do more damage. That's yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. All right. So, what is forty-eight plus five? Average of twenty-three. Twenty-three. Now let's calculate that. So he can do roughly. Uh, that is thirty-six. Forty-six. Forty-six. Uh, so uh, against creatures that are not afraid of him, he can do an average of forty-six damage. Okay. But creatures that are afraid of him, he can do on average. A butt ton more damage. So I think we need to go back a little bit to all who all who know fear and decrease that. Okay, bit. reduce that a smidge. Yeah, because okay, that to, that is a little high. And, to what? Um, what is 4d8's average damage? 4d8 is 18. Okay, so um, if that's the case, with an 18 on average, if we leave if we bring that back down to an 18 on average. Against creatures that are afraid of him, mm-hmm. he's going to be dealing eighty-two damage. Attack not me! <laughs> but if they're not afraid of him, he uh-huh. can deal an addition. Uh, he can deal an average of uh, 46. forty-six.
0: Yeah, which is much less.
1: Which is much less. Yeah. So and I, that I feels, like that. Yeah, that feels about right. I'm thinking his challenge rating should be an eleven. Eleven. Okay.
0: All right. So what's that going to do to his? So, uh, let's take all a look this, stuff. this
1: challenge rating eleven. Um, that's going to give him a plus four proficiency bonus, an experience of 7,200. So his survival skill. So, um, survival is based off of wisdom. Uh-huh. And that means that he has a plus four in survival. His strength saving throw modifier is going to be a plus nine. And so is his constitution. All right. Um... Now, let's take a look back at our Abominable Yeti, who has an average of 11d12 HP. Do we want to keep it at around that, or...? Because he has a regeneration ability, yeah. um, not increasing it much more than that would be a good idea.
0: Okay. Uh, so... Oh, we need to determine how much he's going to regenerate, too.
1: Right, right. Well, we'll get to that here in a second. Okay. So, 72 plus 75 average HP. So, that is 147. Okay which puts it a little bit higher than the Abominable Yeti. Oh, wait a minute.
0: But he's also two challenge ratings higher than right. Than that, that guy.
1: But he also regenerates, so... So he's got... You said he has an insane regeneration. I'm thinking 20 a turn. Okay. Are we... Do we have this guy pretty well done at this point? I think we have this guy pretty well done All at this right. point. We've got one heck of a good squishy guy here. Yeah, so just to kind of kind of uh, recap encapsulate this, um, I want to say that he's got the Fearful Appearance... Uh, DC 18 wisdom saving throw or be frightened as long as pretty much people can see him. Mm-hmm. Um, all who know fear uh, causes an extra 4d8 acid damage to all of his attacks to creatures that have the frightened condition. Okay. And he also gains advantage on said attacks. Uh, he has regeneration where as long as he has one hit point remaining, he gains 20 HP at the start of his turn. Um, And he has a max total of, uh, or he has an average total of 147 HP, which is 11d12 plus 75. Um, We also gave him the innate spellcasting, druidcraft, and talk to plants at will, uh, far step uh, three times a day, and dimension door, teleport, and teleport via plants once a day each. Uh, he can also squeeze in through one inch wide spaces without, or he can also move through one inch wide spaces without squeezing due to his malleable ability. Um, and his actions are pretty much the same thing as the Shambling Mound, just beefed up. So his Engulf has an Escape DC of 18, and his uh, attack, his melee attack damage, which is a plus nine to hit. Uh, has does an average of 23 bludgeoning damage, and he can do that twice a turn. Awesome, awesome. And I think we've got ourselves a swamp heap, Chris. We
0: do, yeah. I am super happy with how this guy came out. Yep. He's real cool. He is. I would not cool. want to fight this thing. This thing would be bad for me to fight because I don't think I've ever played a wisdom-rich character. So, Chris,
1: since this is your show, did you want to close this out? Oh, well, since this is
0: currently behind the paywall, um, don't really need to do much sign-off stuff because you already know it.
1: But, thank you so much for listening, yeah, and yeah. thank you ever so much for the uh, the support. Yeah,
0: and if this is uh, not behind the paywall at the moment, it's because we decided to release it beyond the paywall. Um, but if you want these episodes early, along with the crater kibbles, go join the Patreon.
1: Yep, yeah, at the five dollar level specifically. So, if, yeah, um, if this
0: is the thing you like because I'm gonna. I have more cool ideas for other weirdo comic shit I want to do. Uh, I'm having a blast doing this. I love. Talking about comic stuff with my best buddy. Uh, and it's a lot of fun to actually work on the crunch with, like, live with somebody. That's yeah. That's fun.
1: Yeah, this is fun. This is a lot of fun. So, all right. Well, uh, thank you so much, you guys. And we will see you next time.